Hello and welcome to Magic Mics. We're just a couple of fucking pieces of shit, and that's who we are. <laughs> this is episode six, A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints from 2006. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. So butt chug that limerita. It's time for Magic Mics. <laughs> So with us today, we have a very special guest. Before we address what pretty, just happened. Pr- pretty confused special guest, it sounds like. But okay. I think so. As this movie takes place predominantly in the 80s, back in time, we had to bring on resident historian Mike Manzi to talk about it. Hello, Mike Manzi. Hello, what's up? I remember not to speak until I was introduced this time. Well, thank you. <laughs> okay. I really appreciate it because no. you ruined the nice guys <laughs> on our that's Playful a, Material that, podcast. That's a true spoiler. That's what you that's what you call that. I don't know if you listened to the last episode, our very special episode of Step Up. We sort of decided that like cuz we, we we weren't sure what we wanted the opening to be like for Zag Attack. It's we're never going to be better than that. Right, it makes sense. Perfect. Yeah. It's exactly whatever yeah. exactly what we want. This we weren't sure. We went through a couple different ones. Last episode we tried out 3 of them. Okay. And I realized watching this movie that I still don't have one that like fits the entire podcast. So what I'm going to do is, I, just like Joe comes up with a different catchphrase every time, like, but chug that lime Rita, <laughs> I'm going to come up with another tagline for these every time. So, we're just going to mix it in up. In the spirit of right. this movie, in the spirit of Channing's depressive character, you know, I had to drop some language really early on that I don't normally like to do, but it uh, it's the best quote from the movie, I think. I think so. I can agree with that. And I like that idea, the rotation until you find... Right well, one. thank you. We had some. Yeah. We had some good ones. You, like you missed. Like this is how big dogs eat. And <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> well, we can bring. I mean, for for Twenty One Jump Street, we can bring back your favorite one. My, so that'll yeah, come back. Yeah, so we'll get we'll get them in yeah. there. You've only done like four or five movies, right? So you're not really yeah. into this. Will be six. His... This is episode six. Yeah, this is episode six. All right. Two important notes off the top of that. Number one, I mentioned it when we did the Supercross episode, when we thought this was going to be next. Mike and I have already done a podcast about this movie. I, I know. When we did Shia LaBeouf's All His Movies, we had never, I don't think, had you ever heard of this movie before we did that podcast, Mike? No, no. Not only had I not heard of this movie, I had not heard of Dito, the writer-director, yeah. uh, writer of the book, who I'm a big fan of now. I was a very sort of, I was not a very big fan of Channing. Like, I did. I knew about him, but I knew him as more of like um Like 21 Jump Street type situation. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like his mainstream stuff. You know, I was like, okay, he's good and stuff. But after I saw this movie, I was impressed. Like, yeah. I, I, I yeah. took, I, you know, I was like, I took him seriously ever since that Shia episode. So, sorry, Shia, but you kind of got overshadowed a little bit that episode. Well, that's, that's what I was thinking when watching it today was when we watched it for all his movies, I was watching specifically for Shia. Yeah. And Shia is great in this movie. He is. Mm-hmm. But when, we, when I watched it today, I was watching for Channing, and Channing is so great good in this movie like unbelievable and what's remarkable this came before step up yeah step up first because it was the timely one leading up to this point in his career he's done nothing and shown no signs that he could do something pretty much had like 10 lines in a movie at this point up until now all of a sudden he just drops this where he's just like acting off his ass it's great i love it there's a couple behind the scenes thing about how dito who wrote and directed the movie who basically it's some sort of autobiography i guess uh yeah it's based on his book but it's expanded like all the yeah. stuff with Robert Downey Jr. of him going back home is I think that's additional okay Dito didn't want to have any actual actors as the kids he just wanted to have like street kids which I think mm. would have made sense oh. within the world of Magic Mike's kind of like kids that movie kids I was the, dude this the, movie the reminds me Korean. so much of kids like as I was like as soon as I yeah. turned it on I was like 
oh, it's just like kids. And then like the whole pool scene, everything, we can talk about it, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's a little more than kids. It's like got some mean streets in there too, which is really cool yeah. to get into. But he didn't want to have any of those people. And then eventually, they even had open casting calls, just like letting people from the street come audition. But eventually oh. he was con- uh, you know, convinced, no, you want actual kids. Then he was reluctant to cast Shia because he really wanted an unknown. But then, Mike, if you remember this, Shia came into their you know, meeting, <laughs> into their office, whatever, convinced them to come back a second time. When he came back the second time, he punched a hole in the wall and was like, I can bring mm-hmm. the anger to this role. Oh. And so they're like, cool, we got that. Aggressive. Method actor. <laughs> yeah. And then for Channing, Dito thought that he was a little bit too good looking to be Antonio, which doesn't help things when at the end of the movie, for the first time and maybe the only time, we'll find out, in Magic Mike's, uh, we get adult, like, grown-up Channing oh, as Eric Roberts, and both of them, <laughs> yeah. like, they're both, you know, if, if, if Channing's too good-looking, Eric Roberts is probably too good-looking, too, but whatever. What's funny about Eric Roberts is, like, I feel like he's, like, a full, like, 15 years older than Robert Downey Jr., or than, yeah. like, you yeah. know, the character's supposed to be, so he's got, like, that grizzled, I've-been-in-prison look to him and everything. And, Joe, you know who that is, right? Or no. not? Who is it? That's Julia, Julia Roberts', Roberts brother. brother. Oh, shit. No, I had no idea that's who that was. So he's also like an actor of note, but that's how you would know him. Yeah. I was really thinking that that character should have been um, Matthew McConaughey. Oh. As well. And then when I was like, oh, older Channing could definitely be Matthew McConaughey. Like, like with like the long, scraggly hair kind of situation, I was like, oh, that would have worked really well. Well, you know, you might not know, Matthew McConaughey is basically, in a way, older Channing in Magic Mike. Oh, really? Like, they exist in the same timeline, but he's sort of like the ghost of Channing future. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Spoiler alert, thanks. Well, I mean, that, but that, that's sort I'll of like, that's not then. a spoiler, that's I'll just sort of like a... Then, yeah. No worries. <laughs> It was cool to see that. And then also Channing apparently lost a lot of weight to play this role, mm-hmm. and which is, you know, evident because he is shirtless almost the entire movie, which I'm sure made Joe very, very excited. Very, excited. He was looking a little scraggly, but I kind of liked it. It fed into that street kid kind of image. Like, there's no, like, yeah. street kids that are, like, really big, but he had, like, a nice rip to him for, uh, like, his yeah. build, so it was pretty good. And he's always got, like, the shit kicked out of him, like all of them do, basically. Yeah. They're all, like, covered mm-hmm. in bruises and stuff, so, like, he's hiding under, like, a lot of that makeup and stuff, too. He's really, really pulling that off, too. Yeah. And he'll work with Dito again, won't he? You guys will come across them, again, I think, with the movie Fighter. Oh, oh That's damn. a Dito-Channing really? collaboration. Shit. Dito came back again for Shia, too, because didn't he yeah. direct Man Down? Yep. Uh-huh. Wow. So, yeah, Dito, so Dito, who has only directed seven movies, the next movie he goes on to direct is Fighting from 2009, which stars Channing Tatum and Terrence Howard. Okay, so, cool. You know, the, his first two movies are going to be... Channing movies. Channing movies, so that's cool. cool it's good cool. to see that he, you know, finds this guy that he likes and keeps using him, or at least he uses him twice. Yeah, I wonder, is that, Mike, do you know anything about that movie? Is that, like, another serious yeah. role? Because, like, it, yeah. cause it seems like, I don't know how he found it, but, like, from everything we've seen so far, fucking Coach Carter and stuff like that, for him to hit Channing and be like, let's put him in a serious role is, like, so pivotal to, like, what was happening. We haven't even seen Zeph yet in real time in a serious role with this much acting as a main right. character. Mm-hmm. And so for him to find Channing that young is really incredible to me. Yeah, it's another... It's I think it's a little lighter. It's pretty heavy, though. It's just him and Terrence Howard as well. And I think... So, like, it's more focused on him as the lead okay. also in it. And it's it's cool. I've never seen the whole thing, but I've watched... I've caught it at times, and I've been like, damn, I gotta, I gotta watch this from the beginning because I just get so sucked into it. But it, it's so interesting how he'll sort of come out of the gate being kind of like a serious indie actor and then just, boom. Full mainstream like, yeah magic mics yeah, and yeah. step up and gi joe yeah <laughs> exactly 
Exactly, yeah. I think that's what's weird, because Gosling is different, because I think Gosling, people know that Gosling can act, but I feel like there's the same kind of mentality for Zeph and for Chan. Yes. In that, like, oh, they're just pretty, they can't really act, all they do is comedies. And Zeph, we saw early on, he sort of did kids' movies for a while, and then, you know, went hard into that, like, adult comedy world, and never really had a time to shine. And we, there are examples we can point to, I think, like Joe was saying, where we're like, oh no, he's actually a good actor, like, you can look at him in X, Y, and Z movies, or whatever, Yeah. or, you know, he gets really emotional, he's really good in things. But here, I mean, you're right, Mike, like, before he does anything really remotely funny, he's wearing his heart on his sleeve, like, he is so emotional, so vulnerable in this movie. Yeah. In the movies up to this point, like, he was he's just been, like, a character. He, and he's been, like, a background, an extra, essentially. Right, but, like, he hasn't, like, done anything, like, he hasn't even been in comedies, that he's just been in, like, serious dramas, like, you know, Coach Carter's a drama, and Havoc is a drama, yep. and Supercross is sort of, like, a, a kind of a light action, light drama movie, yeah. like... Supercross is a drama? It's a Walmart $5 bin drama, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a movie about two kids wanting to race their motor motorbike again after their dad died so yeah uh, oh, okay. it's, it's got some heavy heart to it there's there's no evidence through six movies here that he's gonna go be the lead of a 21 jump street or like nope play a bondage gimp dog in this is the end nope. like there's no comedy at all you can't look at these no. and see where it's gonna go but like that's what's gonna make this journey really really interesting i think i think so too i, th- I think we said this is the same thing we saw with zeph which is like th- i didn't have any hint that they were gonna be in comedies but like when you think about it i guess like the the prettier actors do get comedy roles a lot more. You know what I mean? Like they always have a place mm-hmm. for like a good-looking guy in a comedy. Sure. If if he can act and he is funny, then it's really easy to place that dude. Yeah, I was. I'm well, so I think surprised. that's also. I mean, we're not going to do a podcast about him, but I think we were just talking about him. That's also something that like Matthew McConaughey went through. You know what I mean? Like he was yeah. always that like rom-com sort of light-hearted comedy thing, mm-hmm. and then they're like, oh no, he can actually act, and now he's this like really respected dramatic actor. Yep. We're just doing the reverse with these guys, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go any further, I think we need to do our first segment. It's time for some Tatum Tots. Some Tatum Tots? I'm down for tatum some Tatum tots. tots. I had one. I don't remember it. Can I just like, give like a brief summary of what happened? Yeah, go I for it. I sent it to you. I think we posted it. Channing's really sad that he's not with Jenna Dewan and it's like really hard for him right now and then Jenna's just like living her best life just like doing whatever the fuck she wants so that was oh, my, no. yeah that was my first that's what I remember off the top of my head it's been a real rough month of Google alerts for me I can tell you that much like <laughs> the whole thing is Channing is like going out to the desert a lot which like oh, is like his happy place or his safe space or whatever hmm. and just like really trying to get through and oh. Jenna like there's like articles that are like Jenna Dewan is quote doing fine and quote seems relieved since split from Channing Tatum like it's been uh it's been a very tale of two cities if you will yeah of Channing and Jenna oh man I just hope you you don't get a Google alert like Channing Tatum you know surfaces after a three day bender in neighbor's backyard you know like <laughs> no, he's gonna be a Burning nature. Man dude for sure he's <laughs> going if that's his happy place he's going straight to Burning Man I'm surprised that we didn't see him like news from him like at Coachella you know what I mean like, yeah that seems like, I guess that's also kind of hmm. like the you know the the space that like a Kendall Jenner goes to and not necessarily a Channing Tatum yeah. but he could obviously have gone to uh, Coachella dude, can you imagine what would happen to you if you were a man at like Coachella that was Channing Tatum it would just be so incredible. <laughs> Like, I have fantasies about being Channing Tatum at a large music festival like Burning Man or Coachella. Like, you could do whatever you want. It would just be chaos. Yeah, I have fantasies of just being him sitting on my couch, like, watching TV. <laughs> <just> like, <laughs> you know, like, 
But, I mean, he, that's the thing. He's Channing Tatum. I don't know much about their relationship. They don't have kids or anything, right? They do. Right? They like, do have they, a daughter. Oh, they have, they have a daughter. daughter okay. Everly, yep. He's, he, he's played a good single father in uh, <laughs> Logan Lucky, so, like, maybe that's from No, he seems life. like he's a good he dad, could, and they, they actually, they're like, they Seems like a good guy. He'll bounce back. He'll be fine. He'll find another gorgeous girl to Probably. help him along the way. Hopefully. I have another little bit of uh, Tatum Todd here. Joe, I don't know if you saw this. I don't think I posted about it, but there is apparently a quote, real life Channing Tatum or something, where there's like a 27 year old male stripper <laughs> oh. who looks like Channing Tatum who makes three grand a weekend basically playing Magic Mike. Did you see this? No, one? I haven't seen this, but that's incredible. So we so we can now we can now be fantasizing about being either of these guys because this guy's killing it and he just looks like him. <laughs> Here we go. I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the link in here. His name is Will Parfit, and uh, just like click on click on it. He uh, very attractive dude. Looks a lot like Channing Tatum. Oh, he does. He he looks he looks a lo- wow. He looks a lot like Channing Tatum. I wonder if he got like eye surgery to like make him look more like Channing Tatum. But he looks a lot. Like- it's kind of like a mix between Paul Walker and Channing Tatum, right? <laughs> Two very pretty boys. Yeah, I, that's what it kind of seems like to me. He's like he's like the build of Channing, but like a little bit of the eye look of Paul Walker. So. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> that's something that's really interesting about Channing is like you could be an a Channing Tatum impersonator, you know, like because of his like stripping thing and everything. Like he's got a gimmick, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I guess to like you know attach to your costume or, or whatever. I think you would be recognizable if you were like one of those dudes. <laughs> that's a good picture. <laughs> I just sent this Funny. one because the guy next so to him Jersey in this Shore. one looks, looks like, like he's Zeph. Zeph. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. It looks oh, like it looks like Zeph with a tattoo like the Rock. Exactly. Yeah. That is. Whoa. Yeah. Right. Is he trippy? That's funny. But yeah, I could see him in front of like Chinese theater next to you know Spider Man. <laughs> that's awesome. Although, if you think about it, there are probably way easier celebrities to impersonate than Channing Tatum. Like, oh, I just need to get like impossibly ripped, <laughs> like beyond ripped. <laughs> yeah, and if you're doing that anyway, just go. You know, don't impersonate him. Just go make money on your own as a stripper, entertaining dancer. Yeah. Do you have any more Tatum Todd's? I don't want to beat the Jenna Dewan horse to death. No, that's that's all it's been. Like it's every all, day it's all been it's been. Stories. I know. It's all about like them still like co-parenting and like them like that. More Gambit movie is still not being made. There's oh. not re- really much going on besides that. So did I hear something that he's gonna be the voice of an animated Yeti or something like that? Little. Yeah, we read that a, a couple. Yeah, Yeti. a couple months ago we had that. He's like okay. he's doing voice acting for um the Yeti yep. movie. Yeah, that's right. That should be interesting. I mean, a lot of the people that have been covered on Cage Club have done you know like voice acting. Everyone, Zeph, everyone. Yeah. He did the Lorax. Yeah. The only other thing that I've seen is on cheatsheet.com which seems like a gossip rag. This is my favorite. This is how we broke we broke Channing and, and Jenna like months before it actually happened. Joe and I are actually talking today about how we break we see, we seem to break news because like we just read like just gossip for this segment. We, like, <laughs> we just do this kind of stuff and then But it happens to be like we pick like the right ones. Like they're not enough tabloids to be like oh yeah Channing Tatum murdered someone. You know what I mean? It's just like but it's right. like their their relationships on the rocks and we were like this is bullshit and then like three Three months later, they're like, we're separated. We were like, whoa, fuck. But then because of the way that we, like, edit and release and whatever, it feels like we... I know. It's mm. like, it seems like we're, like, behind the time sometimes. It's like, no, like, we actually broke this shit before it broke, and then it actually happened, then, like, we're quote-unquote reporting on it. So just know, just know that we are, uh... Usually way ahead of the curve. 
way ahead of the curve. We pick it up way before the news does, for sure. The only other thing I have from CheatSheet.com says, the the name of the article says, the real reason, and I'm using article in the loosest definition of the word. In the internet sense of the Yes. <laughs> the real reason why these celebrities are siding with Channing Tatum after his divorce from Jenna DeWine. Oh. And this huh. is something that we had talked about earlier. Apparently, Channing had been complaining about his marriage for a while. Oh. And then he was, quote, bored with his marriage, constantly complained about her, said that what? it felt like they were at best friends and nothing more lately. So it feels like, based on this one quote that was said to, I want to say Radar Online, <laughs> a source close to Tatum said to Radar Online, it felt like he still loved her and she had moved on. And so it Ooh. feels like, based on this one paragraph alone, that she broke his heart and people are sort of siding with him as such. Okay, I got a little confused there because if it says that he was seeming bored and then he gets yeah, dumped. Yeah, I agree. I'm with Mike. I, I don't know. Like, I think he probably wanted, like, I think he, it feels like, and again, this is just how I'm reading it and this also might not that make he's, any sense. That he's more famous and that's why he, all and the friends stay with be, him. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, it sounds a little passive-aggressive where he's like complaining to his friends he wants out of the marriage and then he gets out of it and now he's like they're all like upset that he's not in a marriage anymore it just maybe absolutely maybe but it also <laughs> feels like that he loved her she didn't love him back he was frustrated with that and then you know they separated she's trying to live his her best life we talked about this before she, yeah because she's like out just like living the dream right now and and oh there was like a small thing that like ellen called her like Jenna Tatum on like the Ellen show and like oh, like she like apologized shit. about it. Really? Yeah, because she like wants to be Jenna Dewan. What is was she an actor? Is she's she the girl from Step she... Up? She's a dance. She's a dancer by okay. trade, but she was in Step Up. You really got to listen to our Step Up episode, Mike. <laughs> no, no, no. I knew. No, I, I knew don't. That she was involved in that episode somehow, but I wasn't aware that that that's how. I mean, that that's must they be met. how they met, right? Yep. It's like yeah, yeah yes. all the rehearsals and all that, and that yeah. So in that movie, Channing was basically the only like actor actor everybody else was like a dancer that became an actor yeah and so he was overwhelmed or feeling overwhelmed like sort of wasn't sure if he was able to keep up with them much like in the movie they fell in love. Huh. cool so yeah. it was like, like or art imitates real life. life yeah yeah he didn't have to act too hard no so i think that's i think that's about it i think we covered everything that's all i got that's all i got too this movie about two altar boys. Yes. Yeah, so, unfortunately, not about two altar boys. No. We'll review those guesses later. <laughs> oh, oh, but yeah. we do have Channing as an Italian boy named Antonio, and I was Which like, was the all first right, time that's we not first, too far off. First time we saw him be Italian, yeah. I think. Usually he plays like a little Irish, huh. it seems like to me. What's his actual heritage? Oh, do I don't know. know. He's from the South, so... That's not a heritage. Okay, so he's American, a, he's very like, white Maybe bread. French? I don't know, something Tatum might be French-ish? Maybe. I don't know. Has he had a brother in any other movies, or a younger brother? Brother, like, cause he's, he's had a, a, I don't know, not that I've yeah, noticed. He's got one yet. in here. So there's there's a website called ethniccelebs.com. <laughs> huh. Okay. He's English, I'm... some Scots, Irish slash Northern Irish and Irish, distant See, Scottish, Irish. German and Welsh, remote it. French. So he's oh. mostly just very white. Oof. Yeah, very. I got white. that French in under the belt though. <laughs> I was Anglo. like, waiting. remote French. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. You're like he's Irish, Irish, Scottish, Irish, <laughs> Welsh, Irish. <laughs> That's, I just read verbatim what the site is. Yeah. I don't know what the site is. So Coach Carter, he did not have any brothers. He might not have even had parents. War of the Worlds, <laughs> he was not in. So take that for what it's worth. No, the last one we saw, who had brothers and sisters? He Didn't he have like a... He was in one with... He had like all these foster parents though, right? What was that? I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to okay, throw it in order. Havoc, he had no brothers and sisters. Supercross, we do not know. Brother? He had a brother. 
Cause he's race. Oh no, that's right. He just had. He was that. He was the son. You mi- you mixed them up and you made me mix them up. There was two brothers. I know. I was just gonna say against, you pulled the yeah, yeah, against Channing. Okay. Yeah. Step up. He had a foster sister and a foster brother. Yes. The foster brother barely in the movie. Yes. But not actually blood related. Foster parents, foster siblings, and then okay. this. So this is the first actual brother he had, and it's also for the record the first time that one of his brothers or sisters died. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot about this. Like, yeah, I do not too. remember this scene. You really the did. First time we watched oh it. man, I was hoping they yeah. weren't going to kill him on the with the train, and they did. I wonder how much of this. If you read the book, how much of this was true? Did that like mm. actually happen? I didn't. I mean, as a historian, I didn't read the book. Oh no, it's okay. Preparation. Or no, anything. no. You were just saying you liked him as a writer, so I, th- I thought that maybe uh, you, you read the book, not the screenplay. Like you were like talking like that. Oh no, I just I I admire him just like as an artist okay, after cool. watching some of his films and stuff. Yeah. But I remember talking about on the shot thing like what I found re- really interesting this movie is like a very it's told by a very unreliable narrator and I think part of the style is done in almost like a memory with a lot of the editing and everything the way it's choppy yeah right in the beginning when Downey's reading from the book he's like describing the girls approaching him what the way he's talking about that the, the what they're wearing is completely different from what they're wearing in the actual movie and stuff so like immediately it kind of sets up this for me anyway it's set up like this motif of like don't always believe like exactly like this isn't exactly the way it went down like these are fragments of memories and emotionally charged moments and stuff makes sense yeah and like ultimately what i remembered most from it the first time was like getting very emotional (laughs) yeah like uh a lot that just like these kids had it like so fucking rough i don't know it like there was just so much anger in them and everything like i don't know i just like again watching it this time i got very emotional i am um, i felt very relatable like i i know a lot of kids that grew up similar to this not in the same exact sense but it made me emotional in the sense that it brought me back to like some parts of my childhood this wasn't a movie that like i would cry over because i felt bad for them but it definitely put me in this place where like i know friends that all of these kids reminded me of in a certain way or like situations reminded me of and stuff and i was just like damn like yeah this is this is pretty fucked so i mean i think there's a real great natural tension if you will yeah. like there are scenes where like there's the one scene in particular where Shia is asking his dad it's a, it's a scene where shia's dad has a seizure i think it's oh, a yeah. second seizure it's the first that we yeah. see yeah and he's asking his dad if he can go to california he's like look if you is calling him daddy the entire time, but not like in like a a weird sexual way. It's just well, that's like, only because that's only because Instagram, Instagram and Twitter have ruined the word daddy. So don't <laughs> don't take that too personally. This is a recent bastardization of that word. It was never as creepy yeah. as it is in 2018. Yeah. yeah, and we find out that they're sort of like an older generation. They had him when they were older, so he may have been raised like sort of from a different age, from a different era. No, I was just saying, and like when I hear the word daddy now, like I have like a little bit of cringe to me, but. That's only because Ratchets on Twitter are calling like their boyfriend's daddy all the time, and that creeps me out. But in that scene, uh, he's calling him daddy. He's like, "Daddy, can I go to California?" He's like, "You said if you ever, if I ever leave, you would never talk to me again. Like, if I leave, are you gonna not talk to me?" And then his girlfriend is there on his side. Yeah. And then she says like one thing, sort of like critical of his dad. And then he turns on her. Like Shia turns on yeah. her. It's like, yeah. "Who the fuck are you? Like, why are you talking shit about my dad? Like, this is my dad." And like, there's like this real 
feel feels real grounded in like something that actually yeah. happened where it's like this familial connection even this girl who's just trying to help and just trying to be supportive and just trying to be like a good she's girlfriend. trying to look out for him because he's like in danger yeah. right now i don't even think she was really overstepping her bounds she's like your son needs to get the fuck out of here like these kids are crazy they're gonna murder him it's charged in so many ways too because even at one point tatum's like was calling out their ethnicity and points at her and is like they're like her or like you like your people and she's like they're not like my fucking people or whatever but like yeah. that's there and then the 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 fact that she's female as well and like throughout this whole movie like the way the women are just sort of like picked on and treated and then yeah. his own mother is very much sort of, sort of for the most part is just sort of silenced a lot and all that kind of thing so like in this moment a lot of that for Shia's character is sort of just instinctually coming out yeah. like not even on purpose or anything he ends up apologizing for it too but like yeah it's a very it's a very scary moment in the movie filled with like several scary moments yeah they're like that's that's very old school Italian kind of way to do it that's another reason why I can relate to this like I had a lot of parent, like a lot of friends parents who like their mom was just pretty much dead silent all the time and stuff like that because it's like you just like know your place in in that world and it's a really different world than what I live in now so one thing that really sank in to me with like his dad just especially just like one thing that is like expressed between him and his dad that like kind of hit home with me a lot like good things with my family is just the way of selective hearing just like yes way people just Same. never fucking listen to you yeah he'll be like dad I want to go to California he'll be like how was your trip and he'll be like no 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 dad I want to go to California he's like you have a band what are you talking about and he's like i want to go to california and he just ignores him like the, yeah the scene with the uncle when his uncle is like your girlfriend's a swimmer yeah. no she sells stuff to the yeah. at the pool she sells food at the pool what does she swim marathons short track <laughs> like like no just fucking listen to me you just want to keep talking that's like my dad too like they hear they hear it but they also hear what they want to hear yeah and they yeah. hear the word pool they're like oh no 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 i know exactly what you're talking about it's like well no i mean yeah but no yeah and so like that's that i again, wonder if that we're gonna like get in... old now that we all said that our all of our fathers act like this i wonder if we're gonna <laughs> no, become totally. these guys one day like if it will will that be something that get washed out that gets washed out with our generation or not because i can definitely see like a small child talking to me and me just totally ignoring them and just like talking over them Oh, you mean like how I do to you on this podcast already? Exactly. Yeah, Joey. Joey already <laughs> glazes over everything I say. That's absolutely but it's right. Not intentional. It's just, it's just that to when keep I'm the talking, show moving. I have the volume no. so low that I can't hear you talking sometimes. It's okay. And so then when I'm editing and like you say something and then you say it again, you're like, oh, I guess not or whatever. And I feel bad, like in retrospect, I'm like, oh shit, like I'm not intentionally ignoring him. Yeah. Did you think that Channing? And the really ratchet girl that we first see... Hey, my name is Diane, and I like to fuck. That one? E- maybe that one. I, I can't remember. No, it's the other... In the stairwell, where it's... No, like, no, oh. no, not the girl in the stairwell. Oh, okay. Did you... Okay. Before, you right before the one that. the lollipop? Or eats the ice pop? Yeah, like, one, yes. Oh, wait, when, when he shows them... The hot, trashy his, white girl. The really... But the one that, like, is always trying to fight everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, did you the, ever think... I thought that they were gonna be matched up together... And then immediately following that scene, we get Channing in the stairwell where he commits, like, a very aggressive sexual advance on that other girl. And I was like... Until she gets burned by the radiator. Yeah, but why did they have the radiator on in the summer? Because of the super was an asshole, right? Or something? I mean, that's... Well, I think that speaks volumes, too, about the neighborhood and and everything as well. It's just, like, the way nothing really... Works it's just financially unsound to like heat the house when it's summertime. It's just dumb. But yeah, you say like it's 
it, I guess it is foreplay for them, but they're they're just living this such hyper aggressive world that like I'm so removed yeah. from that it like it definitely keeps me. That was part of the reason why I was so emotionally invested in it because like it was so hyper aggressive, like all of them, like just like the violence, the mm-hmm. fighting, the girls, the arguing, the, and then you see like something like this that like is kind of brushed off, but like to me that like by any definition in 2018 that's like almost rape, right? We're we're getting really close to it, so it's like. It feels so yeah. strange to me. Yeah, I think it was weird because it tried to start out intimate with like the subtitles and everything, and they're close and it's sweaty and it's almost like borderline. Yeah, like, erotic. I thought it was going to be hot and erotic, and it it wasn't. Yeah, and then they he starts to like grab her and it gets physical and he turns her around and like yeah you're right like she just it just seems like right at the moment where she's about to just sort of be like okay like why fight it like she gets burned by yeah. the radiator or something and it intervenes or something and cool. yeah yeah that 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 one. That that one like tugged at me like that's a scene that I'm not gonna forget for a while like it was just it was just strong I mean it's it's crazy like these kids you're right like they're so like aggressive I mean they're just like kicking shit down the street and like yelling at random people and you know and like throwing people into cars <laughs> yeah. yeah the first time we see Channing he just like throws that dude into a car he, like, he's already beaten up and he just like walks out and just like punches some kid for no reason well that's the whole thing with his character is that like his dad is beating him and so yeah. he's taking it out on the world yes exactly I get it yeah. but at the same time it's like that's a very very interesting world to live in it's rough the one way it made me think of Mean Streets is like like that movie these characters are like very much confined to like their block in a lot of ways you know like they don't yeah because they he goes to coney island which isn't far and they're like so surprised like yeah he's acting like hey look at dito he's going to coney island he's going to manhattan you know he's doing stuff he wants to leave the place he's like no one leaves here and dito just like is like uh, it's possible like that's the thing and Uh, it's you're not far you're in fucking queens it's like what like a 30 minute train ride at the most right like how far yeah. away is he so it's like I, I can't believe yeah it's i that's another thing that like my world is so expanded at the place that i am in life right now that like everything's so far away that like i can be like oh yeah like i'm really craving this food that's on the other side of the country and just go and do it so for me to like go back to this like very small place when you're like a child where you don't have control over these things is crazy and his dad is like who needs to go to china you go to chinatown yeah, who needs to exactly. go to italy you go to little italy like that is like the nail on the, the- the hammer, I mean, my the hammer dad, on the when, nail when he, said, right when he said that line, I just thought of the episode we recorded last night for Charlize, where, don't go to England, go to Wee Britain. Just like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> There's a real, like, the movie is really depressing. Like, it's it's hopeful and it's energetic and, like, it's full of life and it's like, but That's you know, a dark undertone. Like, I agree. But it's got a dark undertone, and especially in the flashes forward where you have Robert Downey Jr. coming back to the, the neighborhood. Which I didn't get, yeah. by the way. I totally didn't figure that out until, like, much later in the movie than I should have. That it was Robert Downey Jr. or that it was Dito? Like, that it was the same character? or Both. That... One? One? I didn't get, <laughs> I didn't get that Robert Only, Downey like, Jr. The was the kid. the most recognizable... Okay. <laughs> He's, like, the most recognizable white guy after Tom Cruise, I feel. No, no, no. Okay. I knew it was Robert Downey Jr. I'm saying, like, I didn't get that Robert Downey Jr the kid was Robert Downey Jr. as an adult because he says Antonio called me and I was thinking that that was like a third brother that they had that had already left and he was like coming back because I I sensed that Antonio was going to get into trouble or like something was going to happen. So the fact that both Shia and Robert Downey Jr. both introduced themselves as Dito in the first five minutes really wasn't enough of a tip-off? No, 
Nope. Totally. <laughs> and then there was even it. title cards, so I think it went from like oh <laughs> five to eighty six or something. Yep, missed it. <laughs> totally blanked out on it. But it's it's when he comes back to the neighborhood and sees grown up Nerf like doing like street drugs in his car. Well, like, I mean, oh, it was shit, bound like, to happen. Is, but yeah, oh, I also like, so so I didn't get it till after Nerv had already picked him up. I didn't connect that he was Robert Di- like Robert Downey Jr. was Shia until after that scene. Like I didn't get that that was Nerv either Man. until I like went back. I like like mentally went back and was like, oh shit, like Dude, he calls him Nerf. I know. I totally didn't get it. I thought that, I just couldn't. <laughs> like my brain just didn't want to accept it was two timelines. It didn't want to accept it. You know what? To be to be like just to be fair, like I I knew I was like which one of them is nerf again because the the guy didn't really match i felt like of all the uh, youngsters like the girl who plays his girlfriend rosario dawson be, they look like they're they and act like they're related yes like they have the mannerisms are just like incredibly like the mimicry is spot on or whatever they did they but i think that that's just like up. that's just like no new york spanish chicks like they just like pick new york spanish chicks. <laughs> like not in an offensive way at all like i think that that's just like you know queens latina like cardi b's the same thing right like it's that the, could be they could be from the same neighborhood yeah. yeah yeah so i could understand like maybe a little more with nerf because i would it, it took me a second flashback to get straight exactly who channing's brother was and who the bald kid was and yeah so after that i, I was on board though i mean there's only four Four boys. And I, I, I don't like. I'm not. This is not critical because they don't really explain. Like, by the end of the movie, you sort of know. But there's only four boys. There's Shia. There's Channing, who's in jail. There's Channing's brother who dies, yeah. and then there's Nerf. Like there's no other. There's no other guys. Exactly. You know I mean? so, like, oh, yeah. and then there's there's Michael or the Scottish guy. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, and, and he's also dead by the end too. So yeah. Which damn. maybe can I bring this up now? Go ahead, um, do it. I, this is something I wanted to bring up that I didn't really think of enough uh, on the Shia episode. I'm wondering if that character is real or if that's just how Dito kind of sees himself as like this interesting and foreign, well-read, well-spoken person who has like this idea to get out and, you know, see the world and do stuff. I don't know. This time around, like not that he, it's sort of like his Tyler Durden in a way or something. Like when he's on screen, that's how he's acting. I was thinking that in like the homoeroticism of it all. Like I really thought that this was going to be like his gay exploration is what I really was thinking this was going to be. Because he was like so fantastical about their relationship, right? Like, and he was like so into this kid. Yeah, he was like so into this kid so quickly like as a friend even that it, it almost seemed like he was attracted to him yeah that's what i was gonna say because like from the first scene where we first see mike and he's reading that poem channing's brother is walking around outside the classroom naked just cupping his junk yeah everybody like laughs and bonds like all of a sudden he's just like in with the crew or not in with the crew but in with shy because he's never actually in with the crew because that's yeah. what drives a wedge between Shia and Channing, it's Mike. And I think that's interesting that if he's not real, if he is just sort of a metaphor, Dito's desire to be an artist and to leave town, because this guy comes from out of town and wants to bring Dito out of town, Dito not wanting to hang out with these street kids because he wants to play the guitar or whatever. Like, I think that's interesting. No, yeah, I think that's a really great point, Mike, and it's not something that I thought about, but now that you say it, I, I can't, I'm full on board with it. But firmly in this movie, he's yeah. real in this movie. Yeah. You're just saying in real life, Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, no, no, I mean, like, I, I don't know, because, like, You're right, because he, like, like dies, like, and, like, yeah, and it's... Yeah, like, the way the movie is cut and edited and fractured, it's very much like a memory, so I, I don't know, like, I, I was kind of trying to watch it to see how well it worked if that's the way it was if it was like a fight club type of situation with with these two characters no but his dad references mike at the end so like yeah but that's only because he says he's never met him but you're right he does say he's a good kid i'm not saying it's perfect but i'm just saying like i I feel like he represents 
who he wants to be, like the ideal. And it's he represents it so well in your head that it's like imaginary. I get it. Yeah. One scene in particular that really just like worked in that on that level is uh, towards the end when they're all at the pool and it's sort of right before uh, Channing beats the kid over the head with a baseball bat playing asteroids but like they're at the pool and and Shia and Mike are talking alone and like smoking a joint or something and then Shia kind of like goes away to be with the girl in the pool and then someone comes and get him as he's running away the girl's like come back come back and then Mike steps into frame and yells come back but then when they cut back like he's not there it's weird like he sort of disappears at times yeah and then and and then and then when he sees um Antonio like you know beat the kid with the bat Mike's right behind him again so yeah yeah that's like a perspective or something yeah like that, so. yeah i get it i feel it man so we got to the pool scene how much was the pool scene like how reminiscent of it was kids like that's when like i was believing this movie was very much like kids from the beginning with the like yelling in the windows and all these things and then you see um rosaria dawson who was in kids right so you get oh, right. that connection and then but when they got to the pool i was like this movie reminds me so much of Kids, which is, I think, a great movie. And I think emotionally, it, it kind of has the same feel. Kids is a little bit grittier, I think, but this reminded me a lot of it. And I really love Kids, so I was it was cool to find another movie like this, considering I hadn't heard or thought about this movie ever before. So I haven't seen Kids. I just I just know oh, of really? Kids, but I haven't seen Kids. Yeah. If you like this uh-huh. at all, Kids is very similar. It's, it's similar enough that you'd like it. But not similar enough that you would say they're the same movie. Well, yeah. no, Harmony Harmony Corinne wrote it. He didn't direct it, right? No, um, shit. The other guy directed it. Like his, like Larry Kasdan. No, no, not Larry Kasdan. It was a famous. It was a really famous guy, and it was like he was like his protege at that point. But Larry Clark. Was it? Yeah. No, there was like a creative director that was like the main. There's like another guy that's involved in kids. It's like pretty famous. Like Gus I Van Zandt. It. Is it Gus Van Zandt? He produced it. Yeah, that's <clears throat> who it was. It was Gus Van Zandt and Harmony Corn. Like they were like the the masterminds behind it. That's who I was thinking of. I remember when it came out, there was a lot of commotion because it was like X-rated or something. Or it was, they were wanted to give it the X, and uh, I didn't actually see it until I turned 18 and was able to rent it. Or so, there was something about it, like I couldn't buy it or something, and I don't know, but yeah, I did was... end up seeing it once. Yeah, uh, I'd love to revisit it. Yeah, I remember it is, it is, it's got that same feel, but I think a lot of it has to do just with you know New York City setting, like, setting, setting. That, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it might be setting, a lot of that. It's very, it's close in the era. It's like 10 or eight years, I think. Kids is like 90, 94 or something, I want to say. 94, 95, I think, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, but it's still very much the same vibe. Yeah. yeah I think Kids, though, is heavier dramatic. It is. Believe it or not, like the dramatics. That, yeah, like, it's darker. Yeah, What's that's... all about that's kids a... getting AIDS, right? Uh, no. <laughs> well, it's... That's the... Yeah, That's one no. of the... So that's a plot point. That is a plot point, but there is other... There's. It's a like, lot more like this than it is about kids getting AIDS, to be honest, so... Alright. It's just them, like, sort of unleashed, running wild with In no New York. It's just like this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we have the scene that we were talking about earlier where Shia's dad has the seizure. And, Mike, you might remember this from our episode. Channing throwing the chair or throwing the table through the door. Yeah. And, like, the door shattering was mm. improvised by Channing on set. Like, he, like, just lost his mind on set and did that. And apparently everybody else was composed enough to stay in character. And oh. Dito liked it 
enough to keep it in the movie. But like that is aggressive and scary and kind of crazy. But it's yeah, you know, that it, was it works really really aggressive scene for me. I, I actually I vividly remember Channing throwing the chair through the door because I was like, where the fuck did that come from? But then you know he's such like an angry, hostile, aggressive kid that it made sense. So yeah, and, and uh, he's got a relationship with the Chaz Palminteri, the dad character too. You yes, know, like it's, it's almost like his, like his surrogate father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which and can, that, can, it's crazy. Can, you have no idea how many times I googled Chaz. Momentary Sopranos during this movie. I was like, there's no, like, he had to be in the Sopranos. And I Googled it four times, not in the previous three Google searches. No, but he's but he's been in every other movie like that. He's been in, like, right. what, a Bronx Tale. Bronx Tale. He was in, like, all Scorsese yeah. movies and stuff, yeah. Was he in Goodfellas, too? I think he was in Goodfellas. He's been in all the gangster movies. He's just not in Sopranos. But you know who is in Sopranos? Who's that? You didn't catch it? I don't know. The crackhead, the gay guy that walks the dogs. Oh. That's Brandon from Sopranos. That's Chris's friend. The the Tony gets really pissed at. Oh. Yeah. That that makes sense. That tracks. I was like, I was trying to remember who this guy, I was like, this guy looks so familiar. And he plays like the kind of same, like, well, he plays like very gay in this, which was interesting. That led to my whole like Channing and and Mike are like, you know, exploring a little bit. Yeah. I don't think you're wrong there on that thread. That's definitely probably a possibility too. But that character to me is almost the, that guy epitomized, I feel like, 80s New York for some reason just like what? his hustle oh yeah yeah the guy that the dog walker it was a lot like dog day <laughs> afternoon type situation too for me yeah just like his culture just yeah. seemed very New Yorkish to me and then because when we cut back to him with the drugs and it's you know it's almost like um oh what's that Mark Wahlberg Hoffman movie where um Boogie Nights yeah, it, it, it they cut back to him, and it's almost like that scene in Boogie Nights where uh. he's just like really coked up and everything, and he's like got all the drugs, and he's like, if you were gonna rob, I don't know, they they just I feel like they crammed a lot of good sort of like New York into that into that character. I think there. that that's just him though, because he plays the same character in Sopranos as Brandon. Oh, it's okay. Like, <laughs> have you seen Have you seen it? No, I've seen I've seen it, but not I've not seen all of it for a while. It's I like saw it when it it's all like aired. very early on, like Christopher's like hustle buddy is Brandon, who's like always okay. getting into trouble, and like he like they like steal some suits, and Tony gets really mad at them and makes him return them. And forty six long, yeah, that episode. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Early in this movie, we get a first for Channing Tatum. He flashes those girls. Yeah, first time they're walking out. down the street. We don't see it, but we don't see they it. sure did. Yeah, I said <laughs> sure Harambe did. wasn't even dead yet, man. Dicks out for Harambe. Yeah. <laughs> they're walking by the kids. They're walking by the girls, and Nerf is like, "Hey, which of you guys? Which which of you girls wants to blow me first, basically?" And they give him shit, and he's like, "Show him something." And then Channing takes down his pants. And then they start calling him Pistachio Dick. Which the is... one does, but from the reaction of the other ones, he was packing. Just saying. Yeah, and they say, is it curved like a banana? No, it's more like a pistachio, which I don't know... <laughs> How pistachios are curved, but... No, but, no, I, I mean, it's, it's it, fine. Micro, I think, is the idea, right? Plus, like, yeah, she was going for size, definitely, banana. yeah. Right, plus it obviously doesn't hurt him because the next time we see him is in that stairwell where he's trying to have sex with that girl, so it, it's not preventing him from yeah. dominating How How old are they him. in this movie, by the way? for how hypersexualized they are. Because I just thought about it now that you said that, because they have to be, like, they're young. Probably 15 or 16. You think? Yeah. That makes that sense. That seems about right to me. I also like, feel like this wise. is, again, like, Channing is getting younger. Like, he's, we sort of got him up to, like, 18 years old, and he was, like, he's, like, 25 <laughs> in real life, and now he's, like, regressing. Yeah, that's true. He, you're right. He has to be playing younger, because he was, like, the same age in Coach Carter, and then he started getting a little bit older, and then he went back. Yeah. Fuck. Yep. You're right. Yep. Good call. Mm-hmm. 
there's another great line from Channing when they're in the subway. They get they give so much shit to that poor <laughs> subway attendant. I know. Your mothers must be proud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Channing opens the gate for a woman, like an old woman, and like helps her up the stairs. And he says, "Nice looking dress, looking like a fucking cheetah." <laughs> like she's just like this like seventy five year old woman. <laughs> yeah. I know. He's not hitting on her. He's just like commenting on it's just it's just it's just wonderfully weird yeah i was wondering like they seem to be bored out of their minds like are they just not going to school because like shia goes to a school but like are they just like dropouts or something no. or is it summer school like what is it's, going it's on? summer because it's hot so they're definitely like either done with school or almost done with school is what i'm thinking that's why they have yeah, like okay. all this time to like it starts right before the end of school because that's when he meets mike and goes to coney island oh okay i wasn't sure if they were like in some summer pro like that that's another just part of i guess like the editing and yeah. stuff for me that like threw me for a loop i wasn't sure and i like that about it like i can't really i couldn't it's really grasp. like maybe yeah like maybe it even took place over two summers like that's even a possibility too yeah, because true. especially with all that shit with the, like the reapers who are tagging up yeah. the stuff like that seems like that was probably drawn out for a while oh speaking of reaper one of the things that i was going to i was considering saying at the top of the episode as our catchphrase was we hate anyone who plays asteroids which isn't really like you know why he kills the kid but like <laughs> it's fun to imagine him playing asteroids it's, it's fun to imagine that there's just murders over asteroids all the time <laughs> right like it's like that fucker's playing it again <laughs> just kill him there's like a bodega with an asteroids machine and they're like oh we, we know where reaper is and then they wait for his friends to leave and he's alone in there and shane takes a baseball bat and like doesn't beat the shit out of the kid just takes one swing kills the kid, him. yeah and then goes to jail for life goes full tom wilson on him for sure yeah he clocks him right in the back of the head yeah never saw it coming brutal yeah brutal. no that was that was really rough for me I, I you know what i thought in that scene i really thought that he was gonna hit him with the bat and when they're like doing that moment where they're looking at each other i thought that channing was gonna realize that he was just so bloodthirsty that it wasn't actually that kid and I thought that oh, it was going to be like oh. a, a twist and Channing just killed a random kid. But also it doesn't matter, really. No, and we actually never really yeah. realize if it is or not, right? Because we never see this kid's But it race. is, no, because then Reaper's brother kills Mike. That's right, that's right. Okay, yes, yeah, you're right, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it was a random kid, then that could have been just like another random hit. Like You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It ultimately doesn't matter. Like, yeah. It's just like these kids are in a rough situation doing things they shouldn't be doing, making the wrong choices or whatever. Yeah. It's leading to bad consequences, whether they're intended or unintended do you think that now that we got to like here do you think the murder of mike was excessive for the movie because i thought like no. okay like because we get well, like based on real life yeah i know but i'm saying like you get the the death of giuseppe and that mm -hmm. kind of yep. leads to like the death of reaper but like the third murder i was like yeah if mike isn't real in real life like as our mike is saying if that mike's not real then he didn't actually die and that's just sort of like the death of Tito's vision. Although, I'm saying just for the movie, just like, we had like a complete story, and the third one kind of felt out of place for me. Like, we we didn't even need to kill off Mike. He could have just decided to not go to California. He could have, anything could have happened to him, other than him having to die. But I, yeah, I mean, but I, I also think, like, counter to what Mike was saying earlier, his theory is that, like, if that, if he represents Dito's future, like, he wants to, like, his then artistic he future, him. his artistic endeavor, yes. him dying should be the death of that dream, and that's not the case. True. Good point. I didn't think about that. Hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I wasn't too clear on that either. It just seemed almost like tying up a loose end in a weird way. That's like, what I'm yeah, saying. That's what I felt. That, that sums it up, Mike. That's, yeah. that's, what you're, that's what I was trying to say, and you said it perfectly. It feels like they were just like tying up the last end of that part. Yeah, but I do think that they were trying to get... Because I 
following just like what I was saying before, like it, it just se- feels like a sim- uh, symbolic death, like in general. Like even if that kid never ran down the alley after him, it's just interesting how Shia like ducks down the alley with him as if it was like maybe he was going to strangle Mike to death or something. I don't know. It was just a very foreboding moment and it just felt very yeah. symbolic and like, yeah, that that character had to go in some way. This movie also is dedicated to Antonio in these deaths, in these big actions at the end. Did you guys watch till the very end? Sorry to interrupt. I did. Okay, yes. cool. Okay, continue your point then and we'll talk about it after. And that's, that's what I was going to get into next is that the movie's dedicated to Antonio and then at the end of the movie there's an interview. We don't really know... Do we know who that guy is? I took it to be Dito's father. Same. Chat, like the, like the Chad Palmetary character. Yes. Yeah. And they're saying, poor Antonio, he's in it for life. And the interviewer says, maybe he'll get out. And he says, he's got a bad temper. And then the interviewer says, he's a good guy, though. He's like, yeah, I like him, but good guys don't get out of here. You know, just being just being a good guy doesn't mean that you're going to break free of the system, going to, you know, break free yeah. of your past or whatever. Yeah, I mean, even 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 Dito had to end up not being a nice son to escape. Boyfriend, you know, like he ultimately, son, anything. Right. Like, he had to cut off his entire family, his life, his friends, and everything. Like, sac- basically sacrifice everything, give it all up in order to have a quote-unquote better life or at least you know an attempt to be an artist like to be somebody yeah to get out yeah. of there he's definitely not boyfriend material no definitely not boyfriend <laughs> material in this one there's the moment and I, I i i love it for the character i just wish for what we were doing it played a little differently is that when channing's brother dies and they have the funeral channing is i guess either so wrought with grief he is. Or so consumed with hate or whatever that he doesn't really address the fact that his brother has been killed. And instead, all he can talk about is how they found Reaper. They know where Reaper is. They're going to go kill Reaper. And Shia's like, no, dude, like your brother just died. Like, let's yeah. like grieve. And I love that for the character, but I wish that for Channing, we got like sort of like that Oscar moment. You know what I mean? Where he's like weeping yeah. over the open casket or something, but no. But I um, mean, his character, his character was so aggressive that this was obviously the way he was going to deal with it, right? Like he has to channel the anger somewhere else, like the rage. It made sense that he's like, I'm going to go after Reaper for you and like that's gonna be his retribution for letting his brother die because he like kind of lets his brother die right like this is partly his fault like his brother was like mentally handicapped and he told him to go down there and then didn't like drag (laughs) his ass out so was his brother mentally handicapped i just got the sense that he was drunk and high and just fucked up yeah i don't think he was mentally handicapped i thought he was like an asshole and also fucked up but but i do think that channing is as big a moron as his younger brother you know for getting each other into that situation, you know, for, for, for joking that long and for not getting there and helping him or any of that kind and of And just, thing. like, say you love him or say you want him or say, like, you know, whatever he wa- like, whatever the validation is he's looking for. Yeah. Like, say you, it, get I him care about you, dude, or, like, whatever you yeah. want to say. Like, why do you have to be such a hard-ass about it when, like, that's all we wanted and then this is what happens? Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not the, that character's movie. It's Dito's movie. But, yeah. like, I thought we were going to get that moment because him and Shia almost get into another fight before Shia gets beaten with a baseball bat like yeah. they're on the street in front of his house and I thought that was going to be like Channing's moment of letting it all out or screaming his head off or whatever yeah same he like kind of keeps it kind of composed for how rage filled he is just lets it boil up yeah until it just like comes all out I think the only other moment in the movie that I want to talk about unless you guys have other things to talk about is in the middle of the movie we get like the introduction to the characters which is sort of a weird time mm-hmm. to put it mm-hmm. but it's also great I think we talked about this in mm-hmm. the Shia episode where we see Shia they're all talking about like I'm gonna be left by everybody I'm gonna leave everybody that's when Diane says hey my name is Diane I like to fuck 
And then we have Channing walking down the hill, which actually, Joe, I think you probably streamed this one. If you have the DVD, the DVD menu is that scene of Channing walking down. Mm. And then on the title card, Channing is more front and center than Shia. Like, Shia is the star of this movie, but like, it's it's like, it's all about Channing. And so Channing walks down the hill and just says, I'm a fucking piece of shit and that's who I am. And like, there's all these like enlightening statements. Channing's brother just says, you know, like, I'm Antonio's brother. Like, that's just who he is. Like, that's, like, he's he's a nothing. He's just like, he sees himself as his brother, which is why when his brother doesn't validate him, it's so devastating. But when Shannon's just like, I'm a piece of shit, that's how he defines himself. Like, it's heartbreaking. It is. And I want to know what Antonio, the real person, thought about this movie, if he has seen it. Like, I wonder. I don't know. Because it doesn't actually, like, as much as you could tell that they're, like, brotherly and they love each other, it doesn't portray him in the best light. You know what I mean? Like, especially with stuff like that. Like, was that something that he gave to Dito? to be like, this is what I want you to say for me? Or if that, was that something that v- Dito gave to him, which I think would be like pretty shitty as a friend? Yeah, because Dito's not in that scene. He's not there when all that went down. So, like, did he have to craft that? Or did he talk to Antonio about what actually went down yeah. at some point? Like, did they actually have, like, a breakthrough together to get there? I or wonder. Yeah, hard to tell. But it seems like the book came out before he went back to see him again so it seems like maybe he didn't address it with him you know that's interesting choice yeah i don't know but i do like it because it works it's definitely it's yeah it's it's gripping and he has like i think he has like the longest intro too like we get more chanting because we get like the whole like walking down the street so like where it draws you in to wait for what he says and then he hits you with that line and you're just like oh shit yep yeah and for me like the film is already being shot in a way that it's like almost documentary style that when we get to that moment i'm like oh these are just kids you know to a degree you know what i'm saying like i have this attachment to them when they're just like walking right up to the camera and looking me right in the eye i'm like oh this is awkward like (laughs) and very imposing and like i like it and it's also sort of like it's a very cinematic moment too you know what i'm saying it's like something as far as film language goes like it's very risky but it it pays off like very well agreed so joe is there anything else about the movie that you want to talk about before we move on to the uh games and stuff no, I think that was about it. I really enjoyed this movie much more than I thought that I would. Did you watch it with Rachel or no? No, we didn't. Um, we were going to watch it last night, and I was like, oh, this doesn't look like something that you would like. You know, we won't watch it together. I'll just watch it by myself. But now that I watch it, I, I really feel like she should have watched it with me. I think she would have really enjoyed it, too. Definitely a sleeper pick. This is going to go up there. Like, as soon as I finished it, I was, like, telling all my friends about how great I thought this movie was. So I really think that, Mike, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, I think that more so than Cage... Well, Cage is different, because Cage, everything, everything Cage is better. But more so than, like, <laughs> Keanu or Charlize like Shia had more sleeper like great movies that like neither mm-hmm. of us had ever heard of than Damn. Keanu had a couple flying Man of Tai Chi Charlize maybe just had Waking Up in Reno for me but like Shia had like a handful like this and The Company You Keep and like Wallace is a huge movie yeah. but like, they're all like good movie yeah he's a great actor too and uh, yeah not to put anything like we were talking about Channing and how great of an actor he is in this movie but Shia kills it obviously and it, without both of them together on points like so hard throughout the movie I don't think it would have been nearly as good but like everything about this movie the story the feel the like the cinematography everything I really enjoyed it so if anybody's like listening and didn't see this movie I, I highly recommend it and I don't tell you to watch too many of them because I think a lot of them are just fun to talk about Mike is there anything else about the movie that you want to mention? that you want to discuss? I really enjoyed it too. This second 
watch this this is the second time i've seen yep. it I, I i bumped it up like an entire star i yep. was actually on the edge of giving it an extra half a star next time i watch it i gotta maybe we could come up with a game count the bruises because <laughs> nice like, as, if, if, <laughs> i can't count that high yeah channing <laughs> always has a different one it's like every single day he has like a different bruise on him but there's even other bruises like you know shia has pool, all of them yeah shia grabs the girl he's like did i do that she's like yeah but it's, it's okay i bruise easy which is like such a victim statement like holy shit yeah mm-hmm. but it's just like wow okay yeah hopefully i could find some time in my busy reading schedule of all these novelizations to actually read an actual book something like the one this was based off of. yeah i'd love to get down to that someday i'd like to check out how dito's writing style is because i like his directing style i mean man down isn't great but it's a really to me that was a really cool concept it was just kind of like poor execution right i look forward to hearing your guys episode of fighting because you know that's another dito channing yeah. combo there so yeah that that's that's cool maybe i'll check that out and that's in five episodes that'll come, that'll come out october okay. 11th for us and when you said yeah. when you said about the book like i'm gonna be traveling soon so i think that actually this is gonna be like the book that i read now like wow. that's how much i like the story like i, I want to know cool. more of it so yeah for sure i yeah, feel so a little bit of recommend. trivia before we move on to the games and such. go Number for one. it Channing read the script while in the bath and claims it made him burst into tears. So I just like a vision of like Channing mm-hmm. reading scripts in a bathtub and just crying. sobbing silently. <laughs> crying and masturbating a in big, the shower at the same time. A big soggy pile of scripts like next to him <laughs> on the floor <laughs> like in the bathroom. <laughs> just, and yeah. the other one that I, re- I do remember this one from our Shia episode is that Shia and Channing only had a day to get to know each other even though they're supposed to be like lifelong best friends in this movie. Yeah. And so they just went out to the streets of New York and just got like really shit-faced and just like hung out. According <laughs> to this time to be trivia are still friends to this day. Maybe he's no, Jenna Dewan's friend. Maybe he's not Shia's friend. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, maybe Shia is on Jenna's Jenna's side. But from what we know about Shia, I don't know how much of that. Jenna's side. Jenna's side. Gen- oh, genocide. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that got dark. All right, we have an email address for the show, magicmikes at cageclub.me. Email us pictures of strippers. Email us thoughts about the episodes. Email us thoughts about the movies. Whatever you want to send. Or don't. We will read on air. But uh, we prefer Joe, if you we do. have nine emails. Holy fuck. Uh, this one? Whoa. Eight of them from Jess Montez. Okay, cool. Oh. Good. That works. Jess Montez caught up on Magic Mikes, or at least a lot of them, since last time we recorded, and so here we go. Thank you, Jess Montez. War of the Worlds. Yeah. She says, this has been the most all-over-the-place episode, and it was just what I needed for my Monday morning. I'm really (laughs) glad you guys kept calling me on my shit. It keeps me honest. She says, my God, I forgot how much I had missed you guys bleeping stuff out. It's absolutely (laughs) my favorite, aside from fire-ass titles. Just got to use bleep technology again for Fast and Furious 6. So we did. If you've not listened to that yet, go check that out. Bleep technology. I love it. Also, shout out to Jenny for still sticking in with me. Oh. Feel like we need to get fan awards. You do, you, we will we'll, we'll take care of you this round, I promise. And she says, P.S. I love you guys so much. Make podcasts forever. Little heart emoji. Well, we will. Fast and Furious forever. So Next one, Fire Ass Titles War of the Worlds. Gotta put Jess Montez on blast again. She ranks them all, but does not say... Who said what? So and I'll take credit for all the good ones. <laughs> we record this. We recorded this episode on New Year's Eve in your living room. Did we? High on candy, like actual candy. Like we, oh, we went to Costco, that's right? And we bought 
Swedish Fish and Sour Patch Kids and whatever oh, else. Yeah, comes we in were oh. we were candy drunk. That's right. Not edibles, like candy. No, no like candy, literal candy, like candy. sugar candy. <laughs> like we were fucking candied <laughs> out. That's right, because we had like that five pound bag, like the Halloween size bag of candy, and we're just ripping through this thing. Oh, and they yeah. were like full packs too, Mike. They yeah. weren't like they weren't like you know like little trial size packs of like ten pieces. No, there was like a full pack of Sour Patch Kids, a full pack of Swedish Fish. <laughs> Yeah, oh, amazing. Man. And for like ten dollars, we got like sixteen packs. Like it was, just, it was <laughs> yeah. great value. I can tell you that much. Yeah. So thank you for ranking these, Jess. Next time, please let us know who said what because straight up memories are garbage. And I drink way too much. Anything. You know it. So go ahead. So from the bottom, number eleven, shameful. Number ten, it's about nine eleven. Number nine, lost without J.J. Abrams. <laughs> number eight, lost the movie version. Number seven, baseball and aliens. <laughs> Number six, peanut butter. Oh, yeah. That had to be me. I don't remember that at all, so it's a course you, because I don't even remember what the context of that even is. The context is is when, when Tom oh, Cruise makes, makes the peanut yep, yep, butter, yep. and she's like, I'm allergic to peanuts. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. Number five, the annoying one. Number four, a girl's journey. Number three, she highlighted this in yellow. I don't know why. It's A-L-I-E-N-S with periods after each. What did all the letters stand for? Aliens. I don't know. I don't remember. We stylized it, I think. Number two, broken church, broken heart. And number <laughs> one, I think was me, but I don't remember. Where's Channing? <laughs> I like it. Perfect. Next email, fire ass titles, Havoc. She ranks her top five and then gives all the rest of them down below. The ones that she did not like, highlighted for some reason, gangbangers. Again, Jess, <laughs> what does highlighting mean? Let us know. <laughs> she also wrote down but did not love Five Volt Goes East, East LA, American Ugly, Hey JGL, Why You Doing That, Beverly Hills Most Wanted, The Room to the Streets, White Girls, Pool Furniture Fire, The Actress, The Masks We Wear, Playing the part and dice. <laughs> so those were the ones. Oh, no, no. Okay, so that was all of them. Okay, so then she ranks them. So number five, playing the part. Number four, dice. Number three, the masks we wear. Number two, the room to the streets. <laughs> and number one, I'm surprised that this is her number one, her favorite, gangbangers. Yeah, gangbangers. Is this this is the one where she masturbates on videotape? Yeah, sure is. but it was a double entendre so, because there was sex gang lies in havoc. Ooh, oh, sex lies in havoc is pretty good. That is good. The gangbangers was a good double entendre because it's about gangbangers. It's about a gangbang. <laughs> they couldn't be more literal, right? Yep. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's that's why it's the perfect title for it. Gangbangers, like that's what it is. That sounds like a an Arrested Development joke. Or I something. know. Maybe just because Joey and I watched, we watched a bunch yep. recently. But oh, God, I miss that, that show so much. Flip. I just I rewatched it not too long ago too, and I still love it. Although I don't know if it'd be Sex Lies and Havoc. It might be Sex Lies and like DV tape, maybe. Ooh. Oh, there you go. DV tape. All right, next what is email DV also tape? from Jess. Subject line: Havoc running thought commentary. Okay. She says, "I'm really happy that you guys do these quote Tatum tots at the beginning of every episode. The overall amount of pop culture you guys drop during every episode is pretty fantastic." Awesome. Thank you. I think that I like to think that we stay up on pop culture. You either get one of our references or the other. I think that, yeah. She says, OMG, I love Bricks so much. It's such an underrated movie. Agreed. Side note, this episode dropped on my birthday. Oh, yeah. She Happy got birthday. real mad. She was like, I can't believe this episode came out on my birthday and I didn't get a shout out. I'm like, I don't know when the fuck your birthday is, Jess. Yeah, just like, send us a, send us a little Facebook. email reminder. You know, we record these beforehand. Like, if I wouldn't have seen it on Facebook, I wouldn't have known. She says, the first and only time I watched this movie was back in 2002. Apparently, 2012, me loved it. She gave it five out of five. 
I guess, on Letterboxd, maybe, or something? Oh, I don't know. interesting. She says, Joey, your comments on Spring Breakers is almost changing my mind about that movie. Almost. I love Spring Breakers. 2013, me hated that film, so don't hate me. That was before I started watching movies in an enlightened way. I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, or one of our podcasts, that there's no movie that my Fantasy Baseball League drink hates more than Spring Breakers. Really? Nobody gets why I love that movie. And really? I tried explaining. I feel like that's the kind of movie that would enlighten you to like open up your mind and accept other types of films yeah. that you don't normally watch. One would but. think. The first time I watched hmm. it, you know my story, the first time I watched it, Rachel and I were like, we want our two hours back, and then we spent the next week and a half talking about how, like, what things we didn't like about the movie, and by the end of the week and a half, we were like, damn, that was a really good movie. We rewatched it, and we were like, fuck, that was really good. And then, like, that was, <laughs> that was, like, in, like, literally a span of a week and a half, we are like, damn, James Franco playing fucking Riff Raff. She's like, yeah. yeah. And then we'd be, like, in the car, and I'd, like, remember something else, and I'm like, I remember a lot of this movie like it was like very yeah so give it another watch trust me it's good she, her last note in this email says i've never seen super cross but i would watch the hell out of a crossword prodigy movie <laughs> our our guest hope. it was my guess but it was sort of like a collective guess for both that's of right us. i was like I what else could that. super cross be and then we brainstormed what it could be super cross crossword prodigy yes next email super cross running thought commentary she says we have reached a film i have never seen thanks for saving me the time of watching this movie guys this is what these podcasts are about, in parentheses. Well, that, and listening to how hilarious you guys are. Thank you, Jess. Thank Based you, on this Jess. photo, I would have spent the majority of the film laughing, hashtag 90s prom pose. Then put this in parentheses, really thankful for a slow Monday for once. Now moving on to hashtag too fast, too forever, binging. Awesome. Then, I was like, Jess, picture did not Load. attach to the email. Yeah. And she's like, oh, sorry, here it is. Another email. So here's okay. the picture. Oh, yeah, that's good. It's full on it's 90s. It's the two prom brothers. Pose. It's Steve Howie and his brother. Blonde and blonde, brunette and brunette, hugging, sort of, in an awkward, like, post race. Mike, this, this kind of sums up this movie for you right here. Yeah. If you didn't. <laughs> if, if you're not going to spend the $5 at Walmart to watch it. That's all you need. No, I was picturing I was picturing like a Fast and Furious knockoff with motorcycles. It wasn't. Not, not this. No. No. It wasn't. There was there was a drag race scene though. But yeah. Yeah. This does look like a prom picture though. It's definitely it sure is. Does. I take prom pictures prom all the time. Like, if somebody asks me to take a picture, I always make them po- pose like prom because I think that's the best way to do it. Okay, next email, fire ass title super cross. Once again, does not say who said what. The list she lists and then does her top five. The list is Supermoto, The Privateer, Circles of Love, Racing Circles of Love, The Flips of My Heart, This Is the Ride of Your Life, and then in parentheses says this sounds like a porn name. <laughs> the Blocker, American Nami. She says that's sorry, that's probably not what you said, which I don't remember. Maybe it was that was the name of the dirt bike company. Yeah, Vegas Golden Knights. She says also sounds like a porn name or hockey team. VGK tearing it up. I hope they're still in the playoffs by the time that this comes out, and we don't sound they're losing. But they're they're losing tonight, right? right? I'm yeah, I'm losing. I'm watching the game right now, and they're losing tonight. Two two, yeah. then it's going to be all right. Yeah. Racing rivals and stunner, not a, a stone cold Steve Austin film. <laughs> yes. So our top five: number five, Vegas Golden Knights; number four, Racing Circles of Love; number three, Supermoto; number two, Racing Rivals; and number one, Stunner, not a stone cold <laughs> Steve Austin film. I, I love Racing Circles of Love. Is that <laughs> that was one? That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I think that was Joey for sure. Because I think you probably said circles a lot. I, I just I, I piggybacked on it. Okay, the next email in in the subject line just says in quotes "dick pick" and it's this. It's basically our album art, but four Ooh. different colored microphones stacked on top of one another. God damn it! Huh. Why couldn't you have found this earlier? I really like this too. 
Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Well, that's that's actual nice nice art. If that's you, what I uh, mean. Like yeah, it's gorgeous. Into, yeah, if you're like a podcaster <laughs> or just in a recording business or something. Yeah, it's it's four microphones that actually look like ice cream cones just by their coloring, and they're like all stacked very beautifully and just like on a pure black background and like a high gloss platform, so you get like the nice reflection and everything. It's it's just a very artsy picture of four microphones. I like it. I do love our hanging microphones that do not in any way resemble anything else. It is pretty classy, pretty great. Exactly. I like that, too. That was my idea. One more email. It is a spam email, but I do want to read it. This is, so this Go is ahead. weird. It's from Grace Ma, G-R-A-C-E-M-A, Grace Ma. He was sent to Boyfriend Material, but somehow wound up in, like, all of our inboxes. Like, every show's inbox. Okay. I don't got, know how it happened. You got bombed. We got bombed. Subject line, Cage Club. She says, Dear Manager... Cage Club name Wait, wait, wait. You're register- Mr. Manager? Dear Mr. Manager. Just manager. I'm Mr. I'm Mr. Just manager? manager? Last name Manager? I'm Mr. Manager? Just Manager. No, no, no Arrested Development, you fuckers watch how many episodes? I'm saying, sh- I'm, I'm doing the follow-up joke. Okay. George Michael keeps saying Mr. Manager, and Michael keeps saying, just Manager. Just Manager. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you a promotion. Welcome aboard, Mr. Manager. Wow, I'm Mr. Manager. Well, manager. We, we would just say manager. And you can hire an employee if you need one. Do you think I need one? Don't look at me, Mr. Manager. Right, it's up to me now. I'm Mr. Manager. Manager, we, we, we just say... Uh, I know, but you just... Doesn't matter who. Dear Manager, Cage Club name application for registration confirmation. Please read the following letter. We are an agency engaging in registering brand name and domain names. Today, our center received an application from Tangen Company, and they apply to register Cage Club as their brand name and some top-level domain names, .cn, .hk, etc. Wow. You're the getting, you're getting body poached. of domain names is same as your company name. I am not sure about the relationship between you and them. Please tell me whether or not your company authorizes them to register names. We are dealing with the application. We need to confirm whether you have authorized them, question mark. If you don't authorize them, please reply me an email. Looking forward to your reply. Best regards, Grace Ma from China Registry Head Office. Jingu District, Wuhu City, China. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say I'm just gonna reply now and just say Please do not we accept do not endorse them. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. No permission granted. God. Fucking they're gonna Have they're nice gonna day. Jin Yang us and make a fake version of Cage Club. New Cage Club? Yeah, new yeah, new Cage Club. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do you watch Silicon Valley, Mike? No, no. Oh, but I know about new internet. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, no. so yeah. So there's new internet. <laughs> but Jin Yang, who is the annoying Asian boy who's been living in their house, the Chinese guy, basically took over Bachman's life, took over T.J. Miller's life, then moved to China when he gave up. And, and all of his Jin ideas, Yang. and all of his ideas, like are on this board, and it's like new Uber, new Snapchat, new, new Snapchat, Reddit, new and he Instagram. just he's just like going new back Pied to Piper. China and just like repurposing all the ideas. So it's just gonna be new Cage Club in China. <laughs> I love it. So, next game is the Google game. I, I, I'm i worried about this Google game only because it feels like when we have long titles, it doesn't work as well. But we're going to Google a guide to recognizing your saints, Channing Tatum, and nothing else comes up. So, unfortunately... Do saints, Channing Tatum, and then we'll go from saints, there. Saints, Channing Tatum. Got some? Uh, saints Row, Channing Tatum. Saints Row 4, Channing Aww, Tatum. What? Never mind. Channing Tatum, Saints and Sinners website. Channing Tatum, Saints and Sinners grand opening. Saints Row the third, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum, Saints and Sinners address. So, no, lame. A guide to Channing Tatum? <laughs> a guide to Channing Tatum. Tatum, a guide to recognizing your saints, Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum, a guide to recognizing, so. Oh, okay, Unfortunately, Lame. cannot. Okay. So, the next game is the trailer game. I hope there's a trailer for it. Ooh. Oh. Mm. Oh, yeah, we get, here we go. So the first thing, so apparently this entire movie is on YouTube in eight parts. 
if you search a guide to recognizing saints, the first video result is part one, and then you can buy the movie on YouTube or watch it on YouTube. And the third result is the trailer. So I'm going to put it in Discord right now. It just says a guide to recognizing your saints trailer uploaded by Millennium Entertainment, 25,000 views uploaded six years ago. Okay, got it. So I'm going to press, press play, let it buffer a little bit. It's two minutes and seven seconds long. Let me know when you guys are ready to go. Ready when you are. Yeah, I'm ready to play. All right, three, two, one, play. Breathe. We breathe get that fresh guide to recognizing your scenes mean streets. from the beginning. Ooh. Oh, they, ref they reference mean streets for you. Who these people are. Yep, oh. shirtless Channing. We got Diane. Walking. We got all the girls. The... We got Shia right there. Shia on the subway. Hey, I'm Dito. Shia's It's going very fast. Yeah, it Queens, is. Queens, New York. I love this song, by the way. You're the Mets the World Series in Queens. I love this song. Roof, right? Yeah. The closing credit song. That's Brandon. That's the guy from Sopranos. We got Walk There's doors. Reaper. Reaper beats him with the bat. Wow, we get a lot of this movie really quick, huh? Yeah, it's flying by. She's like the window girl. I love that about her character. I do. It's her corner. Shia's like lovingly looking at Manhattan because he's never been there. Weird. I can't imagine that this got much of a theatrical release. I'm going to look it up, but like, I don't know where you would have seen this trailer. Sundance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. You're right. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe before one of Shia's like mainstream movies, like before Eagle Eye, they ran this or something, and that's how he was able to do it. Robert Downey Jr. Oh. Was he Iron Man yet? He was Iron Man. No, not yet. Yeah, Damn. that's right. So, so he, might have been, he might have signed a contract to be Iron Man. I also wonder if this was like shot years before 2006. Like this feels like the kind of movie yes. that they could have shot like in 04. Yep, yeah, it definitely does. Tried to find distribution or something, or even just tried to find the movie. Like after shooting it, you know, yeah. and crafting it and everything. Oh, Channing! Well, Dude, we got the whole wham, movie. Damn, we got like every murder in this movie already. Did you love me? Yeah. Dad, did you love me or not? That was an emotional scene when he's asking his dad if he loved him. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Really Downey's good. really good in this. He doesn't have a lot of time to shine, and I feel no, like but he it's great. Really quickly. Yeah, it does. It's okay. It's okay. And I totally buy him and Shia for some reason. I don't know. They don't really yeah, look I get too it. much alike. No, but, but I get it. I can feel it too. Yep. They both There's had a very uh, checkered past. I can see that. Much. That I was thinking that too. Yeah, definitely. Like even actor-wise, yeah, I can see them being related. Downey was like sort of coming out of that, and Shia was sort of leaning into it yep. almost at this time. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's the trailer. So that was a good trailer. So it just gave things. away too many things. Yep. Yeah, but you don't know unless you've seen the movie, really. I mean, it, they shouldn't have had the shot of Channing with the baseball bat for sure. Yeah. That, that is. But I think they cut it a little fast enough that your brain probably wouldn't remember it if we didn't just see the movie. So the next thing we have is dancing shirtless fight and stripping so the review from this movie before we look back dancing does not dance there is one point where he walks on nerf's mom's car like stands on it okay. and that reminded me joe of the Very beginning step of step up. or toward the beginning of step up where he's dancing on the car and everything mm -hmm. dancing near the car mm -hmm. no dancing in this movie no uh no stripping in this movie but plenty of shirtless and plenty of fighting. Like if he's not fighting, he like he's about to fight someone. You know what I mean? Yes, I agree. Yeah. So there's lots of shirtless and fighting. So Joe, let's review your guess. Okay. For what this movie was going to be about, I did not guess because I had just seen it and I remembered a lot. Like I knew he was always fighting. I didn't remember he was going to be as shirtless as he was, but I knew that he was always fighting. So that would have been you know an easy point for me. But you said, yeah, this movie is about the priest scandal at the Vatican. They're in Italy. <laughs> what? <laughs> this movie is completely in Italian. Channing and Shia both learn how to speak Italian for this. They're cardinals of the Vatican. Actually, Channing's playing an altar boy. Wait, they're both altar boys. That's what it is. <laughs> the cardinals want them, sexually. 
They're at the altar boy boarding school they have to live in. It's like a sex dungeon. They're grooming them. They're there. <laughs> they're trying to compete to the number one altar boy. They want it, but they don't know that it means they're the one who gets fucked. They're in this boarding school. They have a wow. really tense mass. It's Easter Vigil, four hours long. Shannon and Shia were killing it, doing everything right. After mass, they're in the locker room. They have to take a shower. It was a fucking long mass. It's hot. It's It's fucking hot. Which, you got that right. Yeah, sure. it was really hot. Yeah. You get waist up Channing and Shia, which we do get waist up. because We do. We, there is lower half duty that we don't see. So again, and they're hot. point there. Two yeah. points. Nice. Yeah. But I also feel like if you slow down the end of the scene in the stairwell, you might see more Channing mm. than previously. Oh. I don't know. It just looked like his pants were really like down around his ankles, and then the camera whipped around really quickly. Mm. Wow. So, okay. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to go back and put it in slow motion, Why not? but I'm just saying. <laughs> it goes on. Channing's like, I saw you try to turn the page of that book before I did. Shia says, yeah, because I'm going to be number one, all in Italian. <laughs> You'll never be number one, Channing. They get into a scuffle, brawling in the shower. They're wet, naked, and wrestling, kind of punching each other. A priest walks by, winks, and thumbs up them. Later, they're in the Catholic boarding school. Oh shit, the Pope's on TV right now. I'm kind of freaking out. That was real. That wasn't like that wasn't part of the movie. Just like he looked up and the Pope was on TV. Yeah. They're in this boarding school. They sneak out because they realize the priests are rapers. They're at this normal Italian house party. They're definitely chain smoking. There are girls there. They have a nice slow dance with two men they find there. They realize they don't want to be fucked by a priest. While they're dancing, it gets hot and heavy. They decide they're going to have an orgy. It's only four people at the party. They realize they're not gay. They go back, fight the priest. Movie's over. They band together, <laughs> fight the priest, and it turns into the spotlight. So I was I was pretty much 100% right. 100% right. There's elements in there where I want to see a movie. Oh, about. oh no. The, <laughs> the, thing, the important thing to remember is that all of our guesses are better movies. Like, even if the movie's the best movie that we've ever seen... All of our guesses are better movies than what we actually see. I think so, at least. Joe, too, where were you when we were doing the fucking sequel game over on Watch the Throne? (laughs) Because I was drowning in that game. Oh, no, man. You just need to just open your mind. Open your third eye, and you'll see the next, the real movie. I just went by title. That's why it became a priest movie, because it was called A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints. So, instantly, they were just altar boys. So, the next movie that we're supposed to do is She's the Man. But we are once again delaying that a month, because the next movie we're doing, we have a very special crossover episode. Oh, that's right. On June 8th, for Charlotte's Theron to watch The Throne. My birthday. And June 11th, for our podcast, Magic Mike's. Channing and Charlize were in a movie together called Battle in Seattle. Never heard of it. And neither have I. I got it. And so Battle in Seattle was going to be the movie we did after She's the Man. So we're just moving She's the Man back by one month. We're moving Battle in Seattle up one slot. Okay. But we are going to do an episode, the three of us, so Mike will be on back-to-back episodes. Crossover episode, which I've been fucking dreaming about. I've been dreaming about crossover episodes, so we just do, like, one. So we are going to do, it's going to be the same episode for both feeds, but we're going to do different intros for the two. Cool. And we're going to do every game for both. Perfect. So we're going to do all the stuff for this, (laughs) and we're also going to do our combining combining stories for Charlize. It's going to be an all-timer. We're awards for both movies, or for both podcasts. We're going to still be on that game, though, by, by, at the time of that movie? I think so. Let me check. Hold on. Okay. Charlize, gonna, Battle in Seattle, 28. Yeah, because that's only that's only in two episodes from now for Charlize, so we're taking a little bit of time off recording Charlize, but... Right, right. Yeah. Okay, okay great. Great. Yeah, awesome. It's going to be an all-timer that's a, tonight. That's the, that's the crossover I'm episode so of our dreams. I'm so excited. Okay. 
I know what the can I go first? It's the podcast event of the spring. A movie I know nothing about other than it ostensibly takes place in Seattle and Charlie Theron is in it. Joe, I want you to guess how is Channing dancing, shirtless, fighting, and stripping? So this movie is about a regional championship qualifier for the BattleBots World Championships. <laughs> it's okay. taking it's the Seattle qualifier. Channing has his own BattleBots team. Okay. Okay. He he's building his battle bot, and I I know what he's been saying about Shirley, so I'm a, I'm gonna fix this up for you. So he's been building his own battle bot because he's like a really like tough man, that kind of guy. But he needs someone that has the engineering background. Okay. That he needs to really make his battle bot the next level so he can win. So he adopts Charlize to be like his lead design engineer for the battle bots. Okay. Okay. In the movie, he's fighting, but he's gonna be fighting with the battle bots. Okay. So it's not going to be, like, actual physical fighting. It's going to be battle bot I love fighting. It. I love it. Okay. Stripping. He's, like, setting up the battle bot, and Charlize, like, is like, oh, let me try this, and it, like, misfires. It, it kind of just, like, stings him and cuts his shirt. So he has to, like, take his shirt off to, like, you know, tend to the wound. And okay. they have, like, a really intimate scene where she's, like, tending to the wound, and then they, like, make out Whoa, during okay. that. What was the other one? Dancing? Yeah. Obviously, you know, we get to the end of the movie. Without Charlize's help, he could have never won. They might have had, like, a little riff in between. But at the mm-hmm. end, they win the regional championships. They're going to the finals. They dance to celebrate it in full musical number at the end of the BattleBots fight. Love it. That's what that movie's about. Could All right, be. Mike. Same question for you. <laughs> How is Channing dancing shirtless, fighting and stripping in battle in Seattle? Okay. I maybe it's a dance battle in Seattle. Okay. 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 That he's gotta get ready for. He's the new guy in town and Charlize is she owns like a dance school. Oh, okay. Like what kind of dance? Yeah. Like ballet or jazz or she's like she does like ballet and he goes there to like see if there's any other kind of dance place in town and there is, but it's like a shitty one and they like he has he gets into like a fight there when oh, they ask him like okay. what he's doing there and stuff. So that's how he's fighting. Okay. And I think his shirt could get ripped too, so that's shirtless number one. Okay. And then Oh, shirtless like, number one. Yeah. <laughs> um and then he goes to a bar to like sort of like soak his wounds and like you know tie one on and he bumps into Charlize who's like what are you doing around here and he's like oh I'm actually from this town and like I'm looking to open up like a dance studio and I used to dance professionally but I had an injury so I can't do that anymore okay and she's like oh like you should come rent space at my studio and she starts like leasing space out to him and then pretty soon they start like teaching classes together they go to like the bar a few times and one time there's a, a karaoke contest and during the karaoke contest, like he's he's dancing and he's stripping and singing and everything. So this, okay. dude, this is I, I just got a mental image of Top Gun with Channing and Charlize <laughs> instead. Like that's exactly what I'm seeing. Like they're at the okay. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So and then uh, you know there's the the rival dance school like isn't they're actually Channing Tatum finds out that that's like a front for running drugs and stuff. Whoa. So like it starts to get like Whoa. real dangerous like in in the second act and and everything. And yeah, it gets real. It, it starts to get like sort of darker and more of like um, a thriller. But ultimately, I guess what they find out is like those guys are going to try and rob the dance battle that Channing is training for. Okay. Yeah, and then it all comes, I guess, to a head. 
during the big dance off. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. and they fight. They have to fight. Where right? it's gonna go. Yeah, they gotta fight. They I guess it's like a choreograph sort of like a Michael Jackson video, sort of like beat it, where they're like choreograph fighting. Uh, and it's epic. That's awesome. And that's what I got. I like it. <laughs> that's what that movie is. I like it. Cool. I'm gonna go with Battle in Seattle is I had an idea when Mike was talking. Now I'm just all I can think of is Top Gun and just chanting and singing. You <laughs> sorry, love, love damn it! Feeling. I needed to get it out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, I no. To... I I love it. It's it's a great it's a great visual. I know. Okay, got it. This is Battle in Seattle about the Seattle Supersonics. Oh. And the team is co-owned by Channing and Charlize Theron. Okay. And they are fighting the NBA who wants to move nice. the team to Oklahoma City. Okay. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> In reality, I don't remember if the owners wanted to move. I think the owners wanted to move. I don't think Probably. they were forced to move. Yeah. No, no, no. Here's a, here's a better idea. Charlize owns the team. She's the villain of this movie. Channing is a fan. He's, like, leading the fan revolt, like, trying to Ooh. convince her and the team to stay. Sort of like a major league situation. I was going to just say way. major league. I was just going to say major league. Yep. Go ahead. And Charlize is like, look, if we move to Oklahoma City, we're going to make all this money. Channing's like, but, like, think about us. Like, we're going to be left in the dust with all this different stuff. So it's it's a lot of verbal fighting back and forth. I don't know if there's actual physical altercations okay. because they are sort of the figureheads of both sides. I don't maybe think maybe actually, he's, like, like part of, like, the hooligans and, like, the two fan bases, like, they fight, like... The Chicago Bulls fans one day or something. Maybe he's like I don't the, see that. He's like I don't see that as a core part of this movie. No, but I'm saying it's like, it's like a passing like little scene. Like you see, that's how you learn how min- much of a fan he is. So that's the fighting. It's verbal fighting with Charlize, and maybe he fights some Chicago Bulls hooligans too. Yes. At one point, Charlize is like having second thoughts, and she's like, maybe I shouldn't move the team. This group is really passionate. You know, she offers to meet Channing one-on-one. Ooh. They go out to a, a really low-lit restaurant. It's a very Ooh. romantic restaurant. Okay. They start hitting it off. Okay. Uh, she is she's enraptured by him. She loves his passion. She loves that he's so into this fight. But she knows that, you know, financially and for the team, the best move is to go to Oklahoma City. But they go back to her place, and it's gorgeous because she's owner of a, a multi-million, multi-billion dollar, whatever, organization. Channing, it's like, all right, if you're not going to move the team, like, I'm going to have to convince you. He starts stripping. He gets shirtless. He gets real sexy. Charlize is like, no, stop. This is wrong. She no. kicks him out. Don't. Moves the team to Oklahoma City. And? <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Okay, perfect. Oh, it's almost like a sweet November end. Yeah, it's where, like, like a depressing end. Like, you know, Charlize just like... And the final shot is of a moving truck just rolling down the street and Channing just crying silently. Perfect. Perfect. Love it. Love it. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm glad we're all right that this is a movie about a basketball team and a dance battle and battle bots in Seattle. Perfect. Yeah. They're all 100% right, I can tell you that much. And it's not raining in any of our movies. <laughs> no, whatsoever. we never mentioned the rain. <laughs> awesome. Just like Blind Melon, no rain. Yeah. The next segment we have is the Letterbox game. We didn't do fire-ass titles, though. We're getting there? We are getting there. Okay, that cool. That's this. right. I thought. Okay. okay. I forgot the order. So, for reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road has been logged on Letterbox, which is a social media platform for moviegoers, movie fans, movie lovers, whatever, has been seen by 227,817 people. So about 228,000 people. 
Okay. A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints came out in 2006, directed by Dito Montiel. Has been seen by how many people? Joe, two, you go first. 4,237. Mike? I think it's higher. I think it's more like 12,800 something. You are both over. So Joe is closer. Okay. Okay. But you're both over. So Joe would guess 4,200 something. It's less than that. It's fewer than that. So Mike, your second guess. All right. Going to take some of my last guess and go 846. Uh, Okay. I'm going to say 1587. Higher than both. Last round, twenty-five sixty-eight. Okay, and Mike, what's your final guess? What's the what's the high it's again? Between I think nineteen and forty-two ish. Okay, we got a twenty-five sixty-eight. Thirty-two ten. Thirty-one thirty-four. So Mike's final oh. guess was the closest, but Joe's first guess was astoundingly close. close. Again, right? Right? Yes. It was pretty good. Nice. No, with no gauge, I was pretty fucking close. Okay. So now, out of those thirty-one hundred people. How many have this in their top five? Top four. Oh. Seven. I don't... Um, does anybody? You can say zero. Zero is a possibility. I'm gonna... I don't know... Actually, it's a really good movie. I think someone has it. I'm gonna say, like, 11. Five. <laughs> Closer again! Wow. Oh, wow, yes! Joe. Two away! How good is All right. Damn. Okay. So... Like, this doesn't seem... Like, randomly guessing numbers doesn't seem like... <laughs> You know, it would be like a cool game or anything, but it is. It's like a, when it's you fun apply game. it, it's fun. When you apply it, because I get to this, damn close, yeah. dude. It, 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 I, I'm not cheating. I promise. Like I never pay attention to this shit. Joey made a letterbox for me. No, like I, I logged this on Letterbox today, and I had, I didn't even look at it. Yeah, you know, exactly. I don't look at those you kinds don't of think things, about right? it. So perfect. So the last game that we're gonna do is on Letterbox. Our last Letterbox game we're gonna do is we're gonna go to one of the. Five people this is where Mike's going to crush me. Go ahead. He's so good at this one. Who have this in their top four, who are a fan of this. There are five people who have it. One did not give it a rating. One did not give it a heart. So, Jen, you are out. Lindsay Yee does not have a picture. You're going to go out. Also, Lindsay Yee only gave it a four out of five. You know, it's in their top four. Interesting. I don't get it. Okay, doesn't make um, sense. Okay, sure. we're gonna go. We're gonna do two different people. Well, actually, we're gonna do one person. We're gonna do Steve Williams. Okay, Steve. At Steve Williams on Letterbox, Steve Williams ninety two on Twitter. Okay, okay. he's taught. He's from Toronto, so maybe he knows Lindsay Gibb and Recca. Maybe he knows our Willow <laughs> River podcast host. Maybe he knows maybe. Michael Sarah. Yeah, maybe he knows Michael Sarah. So, a guide to recognizing your saints is his number two favorite film of all time. His bio says he's an independent filmmaker living in Toronto. I gotta Ontario. guess. I'm go. I gotta go. Kids. Kids not in his top four. Here's my only hint for you guys. Okay, I'm gonna give you two. All three other ones are from the 90s, and they're all arguably three of the ten biggest movies of the decade. Goodfellas? No. Whoa. Um, from the 90s. Jurassic Park. No, but like you're 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 gonna guess a bunch out of like really big movies, but like when you hear these three, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, like the that's Matrix. Fair. Nope. T2. Nope. I'm going real big and broad. Yeah. No, but keep doing it. Like big is is the key. Like not necessarily. So big he likes of, this movie and three like blockbusters. Sort. I wouldn't call them blockbusters, but they oh, are. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is number four. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Great call. Independent movie maker, but big movies. That's what you got. So Clerks? I don't know that either. Actually, here, here's I'm gonna do one thing. So okay. I'm gonna see a guy directly your saints. I want to see here on box office mojo. It made two million dollars in theaters. One point five of that was foreign. So it only made five hundred grand in America. Didn't think Ugh. like you're saying. Didn't think it was a huge movie. No, but it was great. So his number one favorite movie made a hundred million dollars. Only thirty seven oh. in the U S though. And his number three movie six hundred and seventy seven million dollars. Half that domestic, half that foreign. Harry Potter. No. 
They're both rated R, I think. I, I give up. I can't do it anymore. I don't care. <laughs> it's been a long episode. Joe, no, 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 no. I just, of... like, I got the Pulp Fiction one, and now I'm just shot. Okay, so, Joe, his number one... So, the... I asked Melissa, friend of the show, Melissa Lino, I'm like, do you play along when we do the guessing game? She says no, because your hints are only designed to make Joe guess them. I'm like, okay, that's totally That's fair. true. That's very fair. So, like this hint, Joe, his number one favorite movie, you have a poster print of, or an art Fight print Club. of, in your bedroom. Fight Club. Yep, number one. That makes sense. And and there's a guide to recognizing your Saints connection, if you ask yes, me. Yes, we I said that. We that absolutely too. both said that. But yeah, Rachel bought this really nice painting, unbeknownst to Shout me at Rachel. one point. She was like, hey, I bought this. And she had like had it hidden for a while. And uh, it's just like the final scene in Fight Club. She had never seen that movie before I made her watch it. And we really you liked it. You met me at a very strange time in my life. Exactly. So that's what I have hanging above my bed. So that's pretty cool. And Mike and I went to see Fight Club in theaters not too long ago, about six months ago. Oh, that's cool. That's right. Yeah, I remember when you guys did that. That's really cool. Yep. Number three. So I'm going to try to see. So Mike, okay. I'm gonna, I'm, here's, here's, a, here's a series of clues for Mike to get this. So, Mike, when we were deciding Keanu, okay. there was one actor that just about everybody wanted us to do that we didn't do that we did Keanu instead. Was it Tom Hanks? Yep. <laughs> You've got mail. Okay. The, Forrest what's Gump. The, what's his biggest movie of all time? Forrest, yeah, Forrest Gump. Gump. Yep. Okay. Forrest Gump. So this guy's top four movies are Fight Club, Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction, and A Guide to Recognizing Your Scenes. Pretty <laughs> so eclectic taste, yeah. I get but the related really, like, list, all three but of those I don't. are like arguably three of the ten biggest movies uh, yeah, of the 90s. That was a great hint. I agree. That yeah, that was really good. Those mm-hmm. are three oh, yeah, arguably yeah, yeah. like the biggest movies of the nineties. Yep. Not the last segment, but the last game is fire ass titles. Mike, you know how this works. If we're yep. renaming this movie in the style of high school musical to get it bare down to its barest of bones, down to its essence. I got the final one already in my head, but I have to come up with some other ones in between it, because I just got like such a perfect one for the end. I've got a good final one too, but I'm just gonna lead off with it. I'm just gonna say fuck asteroids. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Bruises. Hot. Oh bruises is good. I know, mine's better. Just wait. Just wait. Hot. Just wait. Hot. Kids too. Coney Island. Is Mike real? Wonderlust. Oh. Home again. Oh, the return. Queens. Street Cage. The Princes of Queens. Ah. Oh, I really like that little King of Queens nod right there. Shout out Leah Remini. Shout out Scientology. <laughs> Shout out Getting Clear. Yeah, the book. Hmm. Dito. A trip to Rikers. Oh, who I was. Childhood. Let me drop the last one. Go for it. Battered. Oh, multiple uses. Yes. If only they like, baked cookies in this movie, too, then it could have been like a triple threat. Like a cake? <laughs> like they're just like, yeah. the mom's making a cake at the same time. Battered. Yep. Yeah. And then someone gets hit with the cake batter. Ooh. Oh, my God. The mom in this movie is Diane Wiest, who I know from movies, but also, more, more importantly, Charles Boyle, Detective Boyle on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, is obsessed with Diane Wiest. And we just found out in this, this most recent episode that his computer password is Diane Wiest. Oh, interesting. And she's in Parenthood, I think, right? She was in Parent. She was the mom in Parenthood who Keanu crashes at. Yeah, Keanu's dating her daughter or married, engaged to her daughter. I think so. Movie. Yeah, married to Steve Martin. Yep, there we go. Wow, damn. Okay. So for our Channing Tatum Awards, the Magic Mike's Awards, maybe the Golden G Strings. I'm gonna say this is the first hmm. one in six episodes. Best film, a guy recognizing your saints. Agreed. Yeah, definitely put it up there. I, this is this is my favorite so far. Like best as like Channing a best role. film. Yeah. Antonio, a guy to recognize your saints. I think so too. Yeah. Best song. Do you want to say "Back in the New York Groove"? 
I do like that song, and I'd forgotten how much I like that song. And when they cut it in, it's really good. It's really appropriate for the movie, and it's a damn good song too. So yes, I I do like that. And that's Kiss. No. No, isn't it like the New York Dolls or something? Hello, maybe. Wow, I sound I'm really I'll off my game. <laughs> it's I think it's a band called Hello. I know what's it called. What's the title of the song? New York Groove. Okay. Kiss does have a song called New York Groove though too. Makes sense. Best chance of love story? No. Dancing scene? No. Shirtless scene? Do you want to say, uh, God, you're saying it's the, the sex scene? We don't have no. like, some kind of shirtless scene here. I don't want to think about that scene ever again in my brain. It was just too, like, So what do you, you want to nominate? What, what shirtless scene do we want to nominate? I don't think or any of the shirtless scenes. Down. It was too many, it was too many, like, he wasn't big enough. I think, no, I think you what mean we, he's not, like, buff and defined? Him walking down the hill saying As, I'm a fucking piece of shit. Okay, fair. I can, t- I can take that. Most shirtless movie. <laughs> yes. He, I don't think he wears well, a shirt at all in this Mike. movie. Oh, fair. Yeah. Strip best stripping scene, no best fighting scene. Do we want to nominate the Asteroids Bash as a fight? Ugh. Mm. It feels rough. What's well, not then? Best yeah. gun scene, none. There's no gun. No, in this movie. the oh. gun scene with oh, the guy. The kid that shoots Mike. Oh. No, no, the gun scene when Brandon is like, you could have robbed me, but I had this gun in there. I like that gun scene a lot, actually. You know what I'm talking about? When he's like, he's like, come get yeah, the money. Yeah. He's like, I had the money in there and I had a gun in there. Good thing he didn't try to rob me. Like, that was a pretty good gun scene, in my opinion. Is Channing there? No, he's not no, in it. So, no, okay, fair. And then, yeah, he's, he's not in any of the gun scenes, I don't think. Best non-Channing role, we gotta say Shia LaBeouf. For sure. Do we want to nominate any other men or women for best or worst non-Channing role? Uh, no. No, maybe Robert Downey Jr., maybe. Chaz Palminteri gives an amazing performance Two. in this, but I don't yeah. know. Like, I think he's the stronger. Oh, that go Chaz Palminteri. Yeah, that was a good one, too. This movie might come home with a lot of awards. This is a really good movie. Now, is there anything else that we want to nominate this movie for that is not a category already? No, I think I think we're pretty set. Cool. That so we have best me. film, best role, best song, best shirtless scene, and then two nominated for best non-Chan role male. Well, like we said, in a month we will be back. Oh, I unknowingly went into our next segment, our final segment. It's the last and next recording. So since we last recorded our very special episode of Magic Mike's. Yes. We did an episode of Boyfriend Material without the big short. So go check that yeah, out did. about the housing market crisis. Have you seen that movie recently, Mike? Uh, I saw it when it came out and I loved it. So I've been meaning to get Dude, back and watch it. Re- it we, I rewatched it and I was like, man, we really love this movie and we forgot so much about it. And when we rewatched it, we were like, this is still really great. And it's and really good. It, it like held up really well. I mean, obviously it's not that old, but it was really good. So if you get a chance to rewatch it, you will not be disappointed by it. We also recorded our Fast and Furious 6 episode, which might be the longest podcast I think we've ever released on the network. Two hours and 16 minutes or something. Edited <laughs> it down was as like long as that runway. That's for sure. As long as that runway. Next thing that we're recording is the Boyfriend Material episode of Lost River, which Ryan Gosling is not in. That's right. Yeah. But he directed. After that, it's going to be Furious 7, which is Paul Walker's final Fast and Furious movie. The so last it's a very ride. special episode there, too. The last ride. Until we watch it again eight months later. Cool. And then come back one month from today when we watch Battle in Seattle, the Charlize Channing crossover epic of extreme I'm so excited. Proportions. I, I, you, guys, you guys might not know this, but everybody listening, I have been pushing for Joey and Mike and I to start doing crossover episodes when I realized 
that Channing and Charlize would be in Fast and the Furious 8 together. Or no, wait, what was it? No, Charlize and Fast and the Furious would be together. I really wanted yep. it to be a crossover episode. And when they, we realized that these were together, it somehow works out that we're pretty close in timing, which is interesting too. Just at the end, just at the move at one month up. But other than that, I mean, it was perfect. Fate of the Furious, we're not going to do necessarily a crossover movie. Like, we're going to get to it first on Too Fast, Too Forever. And then you're going to be on with me and Mike to talk about it on Watch okay, of Throne. fine. And then we're going to talk about it again for Mike's lap just a few months after that or whatever. So fine. we're going to have Three lots of, those of Fate ones, of the Furious yeah. talk. But it's no, there's no crossover extravaganza like there is for, for this battle in Seattle. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. I'm very excited for it. I'm glad to have Mike back. And thanks, Mike, for being here today. Yes, thank I you, love Mike. having you. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always great to be resident the, historian. Uh, the resident historian yeah. over here yes. at Cage Club. So, yeah. And like it. we said, Mike will be back next month in an unprecedented... We, actually, we also have to say that not only is Mike back back-to-back episodes, we also have two guests for the two episodes after that, too. So we have four in a row, four Magic Mikes in a row. Wow. And for Joe and my format of, like, not many guests usually... Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah, it is. It's going to be bonkers for us, but I like having guests, and I definitely like having Mike Manzi on, so it will be fun. I promise. I promise it'll be fun. Absolutely. So, for all things Magic Mikes, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter. We also have a Facebook page for our Too Fast, Too Forever podcast. Go like it. Facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever. Go see Joe run amok over there. Yeah. We have an email address, magicmikes at cageclub.me. Send us pictures of strippers. Send us your rankings for fire-ass titles. Hopefully, you rank them in and attribute them to who said it. Maybe. Maybe not. Jess Montez. Mont- what does the highlighting mean? Yeah, what does the, what is what does the highlighting, highlighting mean? mean? I have no email idea. Email us, magicmikes at cageclub.me. Let us know what that means. I feel like Jess's strategy is to listen to four in a row, so we might not have answers for four months, but That's fine. eventually okay we will get answers. Amen. Thanks, Jess. I also talk to her just about every day. I could ask her. I'm not going to ask her. <laughs> I like the answers eventually, Ralph. Yeah, I think we'll just, it's we'll much get better, to it. like, dude. We're, yeah. we're putting it out there into the universe. We'll get fed eventually. We're teaching a man to fish. Yeah. Cageclub.me, Facebook.com slash Cageclub, at CageClubPod on Twitter, MagicMikes at CageClub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. That was Mike Mamsey, and we'll see you next time on Magic Mikes. When I die, fuck it, I want to go to hell. Because I'm a piece of shit, it ain't hard to fucking tell. It don't make sense going to heaven with the goody goodies dressed in white. I like black Tims and black hoodies. Gotta probably have me on some real strict shit. No sleeping all day, no getting my dick licked. Hanging with the goody goodies, lounging in paradise. Fuck that shit. I wanna tote guns and shoot dice. All my life, I've been considered as the worst.